This is B Who Travels. This is your boy, Brian, your most favorite podcast, travel podcast, Hope. And I am here today for a part two yeah. with our guest, our, our co-pod host. Yeah. Wait, that's it correctly. Oh. Our, <laughs> our co-podcast host. Yeah. There we go. There we go. We're here with um, our first <clears throat> and actually only uh podcast host thus far yes. miss eve him hello Hi. Eve. hello brian and everyone else out there this is your so rocket we... realtor eve kim in atlanta georgia <laughs> yes 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 heard that she is the rocket realtor <laughs> is it realtor or realtor oh that's a great great question you asked and brought that up it is realtor so always think real because we are real deal people who make real transactions in the real estate industry. So just think realtor. It is not realer. There is no ER. There is no extra R. It's real tour. So yes, excellent question. Because <laughs> I've heard, I think most people say realtor. Yeah, most people do say realtor. And actually when you take the realtor class, that will be one of the first things that you learn in class. They um, educate all of us on how to actually pronounce the title. <laughs> so people who have taken the class have been taught, but maybe it just didn't transfer because, um, yeah, I still hear a lot of agents even using the term realtor, which is totally incorrect. It's realtor. <laughs> yeah, you're dealing with real property. Correct. Real property, real transactions, real stuff. The real deal. Ergo realtor exactly and while we're <laughs> at it i'm gonna need people to stop saying krogers so, yes please there's no s nowhere so if you're no, saying no s around krogers <laughs> this is your moment. <laughs> this is <laughs> your your learning moment number two <laughs> yeah so we're, we're providing uh an additional service here <laughs> um, with, with services. Hope, uh, grammar and the <laughs> and the like Exactly. And the like. So, yeah, if you're doing Kroger's and Realtor, this is your time to make that change. Yes. So. Kroger and Realtor. Yeah. So we're giving you that space. That it time. actually rhymes. We can make a song to help people remember. Yeah, that might actually. Go to Kroger and meet my Realtor. <laughs> that may actually help uh... some folks. But, yeah, so we are here. So we had a pretty lengthy podcast which Wait. is not surprising because we're both quite verbose talkative peoples and we <laughs> both have a lot to say yeah and, well and for me though it was more about learning yes and, and hearing um about <clears throat> your experiences and your perspectives and your thoughts and that type of thing yeah. about your time in south korea so if if you yes. didn't catch the first podcast which I don't know why you wouldn't have. Right. But in the event that you haven't and you're just jumping into this second podcast, um, Eve, do you want to say a little bit? Can you tell us a little bit about um, your uh, experience or about South Korea? Uh, that you, tell, them, tell them why you're in South Korea, how long sure. you're in South Korea. Okay, sure. So I'll do just a quick summary, which is um, I taught English as a second language, which is called ESL in South Korea for over, it was actually over six years. It was almost seven years, but to, I'm just a kind of round off type person. So basically three years 
in Seoul, in Gangnam, and three years in Jeonju, which is three hours south of Seoul. So I spent a little over six years, um, but basically three, three and a half years in each area. And it was amazing. I loved pretty much almost every part of it. Uh, Learned a lot, grew a lot, um, met a lot of people, um, met a lot of other expats and amazing people. Um, It was just a brilliant, amazing, wonderful time in my life. Um, But also I shared in the last podcast a lot of things that if someone were interested in teaching in South Korea, things that I think people need to keep in mind before they go over there. So that's kind of what we talked about in the last segment. And uh, I think we both, well, I especially wanted to, you know, just talk a little bit more this time about some things um, that I wanted to go over. And then also I made a mistake in the last podcast. So even as a teacher, if I make a mistake in class, this has happened before and I realize it later, I actually make a note to myself to apologize to the class when I go back to the next session and I always correct myself and explain, you know, the correct thing. And I always, you know, tell people, you know, I don't know sometimes is the best answer. And if you make a mistake, I think it's always good to say, hey, you know what? I made a mistake in the last class and actually this is the correct information. So... I wanted to just clear, clear some things up. Well, go over. Well, since we're here, yeah, let's, let's go ahead and start from there. Okay, so in the last podcast, we talked about uh, King Sejong is his name. I was just talking about the. I called him an emperor in the last podcast, and he's actually not an emperor. He is a king, so there's a difference, and he is the person who created Hangul which is the Korean language that Koreans use. And it's pretty amazing. Uh, We talked about it quite a bit. And I just wanted to say, if you want to look him up, because I think it's really cool, um, his name is King Sejong, S-E-J-O-N-G, Sejong. Or you can just Google the king who created the Korean language. I mean, anything, anything like that will bring him up. And I just think it would be nice to... Um, read up on him. Yeah, if you want. That was your homework assignment for the last, for the, in the last segment. Yeah, it sure was. <laughs> so now I'm giving you the correct information to help you actually find him this time around. <laughs> well, thank yeah. you for that. Yeah, he was not an emperor and it was during Chinese rule and he decided, yeah, we're not going to learn these Chinese characters anymore. And, you know, F this, we're going to learn this language, the one that I create right now. I'm going to do it. And he did. And yeah, everybody learned it. And actually, when I um, clicked on the link to, to make sure I got his name correct, I was, it was very interesting to me also to find out that I think it said like 98%. Um, again, this is off the top of my head, so it could be incorrect, but like there's basically no illiteracy in Korea, according to the article. Could be wrong, but um, basically all Koreans have learned Hangul, the Korean language that the king created, which I think is pretty cool. Well, that I don't find that to be surprising, though. Yeah. The high percentage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, that's cool. Of, of folks there. Right. And even for, for um, other uh countries abroad right i was always pretty surprised at how they have these very high levels of literacy right mm-hmm. right and we're you know supposedly the, the biggest world power right the powerhouse the powerhouse and not yeah, everybody we, can read right exactly we have a very not high but i mean our 
literacy literacy rate is you know not not always the best depending on where you are in the USA. No, and then we're not even gonna get <laughs> on the fact that everybody only speaks one language here. Right, right. Not, it's not even really a part of our culture. To no, be. not at all. Which is a shame. Which it, it is. It really is. And and really. And not to deviate too. No, 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 no. I think it's a great point that you bring up. It's a really great point. I feel like the window for opportunity is when we're very young. Yes. Start, you know, exposing kids to many, many languages. I agree. At least one more language. Yeah, one to three would be awesome. Yeah. Um, So I think that's where we definitely miss the boat. But I also think it has a lot to do with the attitude of well, everyone else is going to speak English. Right, exactly. Why? Why do we need to waste any time learning another language? So Yes, I agree. I think that is the attitude, which I think is the wrong attitude, of course. Um, I think learning another language definitely just exposes you to more, opens your mind, makes you more intelligent, exposes you to other people, uh, makes you understanding and empathetic as a person. Um, and to be able to communicate with other people, which is amazing. So, yeah, I think it's all, it's like just plus, 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 in my opinion. But, you know, not everybody, um, not everybody thinks that way. So. <laughs> so, but anyway, well, I uh, appreciate you clearing up. Yeah, I wanted to clear that up. <laughs> so that, you know, there's always somebody out there. That right. That, you know. Somebody's, somebody's going to say, he wasn't an emperor. She doesn't know what she's talking about. Yeah. So exactly. Yeah. I haven't I haven't talked about or studied uh King Sejong in like, I don't know, maybe five to ten years. So it just, it wasn't at the at the tip of my brain at that moment. <laughs> yeah, it's totally okay. <laughs> yeah. Have that in in you know, the the <laughs> forefront of your <laughs> Right. And then, quite all right. <laughs> yeah, the Japanese um, invasion came later. So at that time, it was a Chinese invasion. Because um, I mentioned Chinese and Japanese, which is true. But the Japanese invasion was later on the timeline. Okay. All right. Good to yeah. know. We'll sock that away in our little mental Rolodex. Yes. Jeopardy knowledge. Now you know. Hello. And you never know <laughs> when your Jeopardy moment. I always tell people, you right. never know when your Jeopardy moment will happen right exactly when some information that you think is useless right actually is going to come quite relevant yeah and will come in handy you'll be like oh my god i know this (laughs) i know king sejong i learned this somewhere (laughs) well okay so we'll move right on into how do you is it the coronavirus yeah, I guess. I don't know. Don't get me saying the wrong thing again. I don't know. We don't call it the virus. <laughs> we'll call it the virus. C-virus. We should call it the C-virus. Yeah, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. C-virus. Yeah. So, yeah, the C-virus is alive and well. And, um, yeah, I think it's been at least a month now. I, I saw, so I have a lot of friends who live in China, so I'm in touch with them. And I know that one of my friends posted that she knew about it like a month ago. So, of course, we're kind of, um, you know, at the kind of tail end of the announcement. You know, Uh I don't. So people may have heard me say this before on the podcast. Mm -hmm. I 
I'm going through a self-care phase, so I'm mm-hmm. limiting the amount of information mm-hmm. I'm exposing myself to. Okay, that's good. So, yeah, that's important. Yeah, which isn't necessarily the most practical thing. Yeah, uh, all the time. But I uh, I know that the 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 virus is widely believed mm-hmm. related to people eating bats. So, yes, um, that was an assumption, and maybe that's true. However, there is new information that is circulating that is actually saying that this virus is because of uh, wild animal life being sold in a market in Wuhan. Um, So I don't know what's accurate. I've also read some things that have said that this is a lab-created virus. (laughs) So, you know... We're going to probably hear a lot of conspiracy theories and who knows what's what. And I do believe that, you know, all governments have to kind of protect information. So I don't think they always share the absolute truth with us, with the general public. Um, So who knows? I don't know what created it, but those are kind of the theories so far that I've heard. So the bat soup and even eating like live little, I've seen videos of eating live, um, little rodents like little rats um and then i've heard about the wuhan market being the cause and then i've heard maybe a laboratory experiment gone wrong um so yeah what do you think again i have very i'm <laughs> you like oh 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 okay, okay. <laughs> i heard about bat soup yeah right have you ever seen the movie contagion no uh-uh i don't think okay so. you should it might actually scare you. I don't know. Okay. What? Well, I like scary movies, so that's fine. Well, it's, I guess it's particularly scary now because it is uncannily. Because it's like happening right now. It's happening. <laughs> right. Like it's, it's, it's like real life now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I think the story, mm-hmm. well, the way they tell the story is kind of like, I think they start in the middle mm-hmm. and then maybe they're, they're flashbacks. You're moving all over the place. Mm-hmm. In like, you know, a time space. But right. the gist is this woman went to Macau. Is it Macau? Mm-hmm. Macau yeah. in Asia and was exposed to some sort of delicacy. Mm-hmm. Right. An American woman. Mm-hmm. She eats said delicacy. Yes. And eats gets some sort of sickness. Ill. Yeah, right. Comes home, nobody knows what the hell she mm. has. Like mm-hmm. nobody can figure it out. Right. She's just passing it to everybody mm. that she comes in contact to, and then wow, you know, the epidemic and yeah, know. pretty much. That's where we are. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Much. I mean, it's um, similar. I mean, of course, there were. I'm sure lots of liberties taken with mm-hmm. the truth for right, or you know, I shouldn't say the truth, but liberties taken to for dramatic effect. Right. Of course. However, but I think at the crux mm-hmm. is essentially, you know, reminding us of how quickly these kind of things can become an epidemic. Yeah, seriously. And, and you know, I don't. Ahead. Yeah, I when I actually was living in South Korea, it's kind of related because number one, it's in Asia. <laughs> number two, when I was living in South Korea, actually the bird flu was going around. Um, so that was a little scary to be living there in South Korea when there was a virus, bird flu, with the bird flu, HN1, whatever it's called. I don't remember. Um, 
But I, again, I know friends who had to be quarantined, you know, at the South, if you're, you know, traveling during these times, they will quarantine you if they, you know, now in China, they are like, you know, checking your um, temperature, they like basically scan your forehead, (laughs) they have a scanner that they place on your forehead to check Mm. your temperature. I've seen videos of people walking onto a bus and the bus driver, you know, puts the scanner on their forehead to see if they have a fever. So, and if you do, uh, peace out, you can't get on the bus. So at this Mm. point um, in China, basically, you know, I don't want to say everything, but uh, most things are quarantined and locked down. The cities have been locked down. Transportation has been locked down. I just read an article that the airport has now is not you, no flights out, no flights in. So I don't remember that happening during the bird flu time. I don't remember it being th- this uh, at this level. I don't remember people being this precautionary. So it's a little a little more um, scary uh, because if I, I, I see all of these precautionary measures and I think it's wonderful, I'm so glad to see that China and everyone, the CDC, you know, everyone involved, um, the World Health Organization, I'm, I'm so glad that everyone is taking this seriously. But it's also a little scary because, you know, they're taking these precautionary measures because something's going on. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's a reason why a, an entire city has been shut down. Do you remember the bird flu when that happened? I do. Yeah, so do you remember cities getting shut down? I mean, did I miss that? I don't recall. No, I was about to ask you. Yeah. I don't remember that. I don't remember that. So I, I don't. Mean, I remember, yeah. And then you remember there was SARS. Yeah, SARS and MERS, MBRS. Yeah. Um, so there have been. There have been other like... outbreaks, but I don't remember cities ever being shut down. So. No. And, yeah. let, and let's talk about how, the, uh, you know, they're pretty crafty over in Asia. Mm-hmm. How about these? They built a whole hospital, Eve. Right. Just <laughs> for, for this T virus. Yeah. I mean, I've seen buildings being built within a month in Asia when I lived there. So I'm not surprised. Yeah. They yeah. got that building. Yeah. Asians yeah. are super uh, efficient. Um, and I think it's like operational. Like, mm-hmm. I think they can. So I don't know. Yeah. I thought that was worth mentioning. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's um, crazy. Now, I was out today uh, mm-hmm. downtown and mm-hmm. Korean Air. Mm-hmm. I spotted a Korean Air crew mm-hmm. and they were departing. I think there was a crew coming, mm-hmm. leaving and a crew coming. Mm-hmm. And they were um, near a hotel. So I guess that's where they were staying. Yeah. And they all had. If anyone's been to Asia, mm-hmm. particularly Japan, mm-hmm. Korea, people rock uh, medical masks. Yes, for sure. Absolutely. That is also a part of the culture. So whether there's a virus or not, um, most, I mean, I, I hate using these words most and all, but I mean, literally most people when they go outside, especially because the air is so dirty. Um, on certain days, so it's not just a virus or a sickness thing. It's it's actually an air pollution thing too. So you know, when you're in Asia, you're aware of the days where the air is like really bad. Like you shouldn't breathe it, basically. You know. So if you go out on those certain days where we get 
like emergency messages on our phone. When you live in Asia, these messages pop up and they're like, air quality is terrible today. Don't go outside. And you're like, Jesus Christ. You know, okay. But if you have to do something, you put on a mask and you just, you know, pray that you make it back home kind of thing. Um, so yeah, different kind of environment to live in where you're walking around and most people, a lot of people are wearing a mask. Yeah. It's very common. Very common. Check this part out though. Mm -hmm. So this has got, um, uh, a hint of xenophobia for folks that don't know what that means. Mm -hmm. You're affording. Right. Xenophobia, a little bit of racism and Mm. ignorance. (laughs) Racism and ignorance is like kind of hand in hand, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But you should have seen the Mm -hmm. way people responded to seeing Asian people. Mm. Oh my God, with their masks on. With their, who clearly (laughs) just got here. Right. Right? They're donning their Korean air, their uniforms. Yeah. Yeah, where they fly? I mean, because they're usually super Oh, yeah. It was, oh, yeah. It was nice. It was kind of like <laughs> yeah. uh, a mint green Ooh, top. Nice. Yeah. And like some like, uh, like a khaki kind of pants, but they were like very <laughs> tailored. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, very tailored. It, and yeah. Kind of, they all, and I'm, I'm being very careful. Right. They, they definitely looked similar. Yes. And when I say that, right, I mean that there's definitely a look. Yes. And we're going to talk about that next, please, because I do oh, want to touch can. on mm-hmm. the the gender discrimination and the um, appearance discrimination that happens in South Korea and the push for plastic surgery. So let's not forget about that. We're going to oh, no, talk that's... about that quickly, but keep keep going first. With your story. But they definitely had a similar likeness. And it yes. Literally wearing the same outfit. Yes. 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 So it's like the Matrix. Yes. Did it remind you yeah. of the Matrix? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what I wanted to mention mm-hmm. right now is that the response from people in the street. I'm sure. They were I freaking out. Like, are yeah. They, first of all. They're like, are they from China? Right. <laughs> of course. Uh, which they are not. Right. <laughs> you know, so their first, of course, uh-huh. thought was that these were people that had come Who from China. Who were infected. Little, exactly. Yeah, right. You could see mm-hmm. the, the fear settled into their faces. Like, yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? It had manifested into the way that they were looking. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got, you know, a little kick out of like you know yeah right just being a little ignorant it was definitely a visceral response there wasn't a ton of thought there wasn't anything right it's like okay well maybe these are people who aren't from China right I just read I just saw Asians with masks and (laughs) they just saw Asian people of like 40 of them. Right. (laughs) 40 of them. Maybe even because there were two crews. (laughs) Right. So, yeah. So they didn't know what to do with themselves. Right. I'm sure. So, yeah. Speaking of the xenophobia. um, Yeah. That. So we touched on discrimination a little bit in the last segment. And we focused a lot on um, how black people 
are and can be discriminated against, which, of course, as I mentioned, happens all over the world, unfortunately. Um, But something interesting about Korea is that they also very openly (laughs) uh, discriminate against um, male teachers. So I I just wanted to also bring that up because um, I think, again, if people are interested in teaching in South Korea, they should kind of be aware so that so they don't feel like it's a personal attack. So they don't feel like, why is no one hiring me? <laughs> you know? Yeah, It's not you. It's literally just culturally speaking, they prefer uh, female teachers. Like, that's it. It's cultural, you know. So and it's just ingrained in the school system and in the, the minds of directors and parents. And I mean, they still kind of have that notion that women are better and should be with children, period. It's very traditional and uh, very conservative in a lot of ways, in a lot of areas of South Korea. Not every single area, especially, again, not in Seoul. Um, it does happen in Seoul, but um, it's less, I think, less widespread in Seoul uh, where you have these kind of older, traditional discriminatory practices um, regarding hiring. So, so if you're a male, a male teacher, I'm not saying you won't get hired. You absolutely will. But just don't be surprised when you read ads that literally say um, female teacher only, (laughs) like exclusively, like don't even apply. (laughs) And that's like in our country, that's straight gender discrimination. Like someone can go to jail, right? (laughs) Or get sued. Right, or get sued if they write that like very loud and clear. So badly they wish they'd go to jail. Right. So, yeah, you just, you know, like heads up, you might be reading stuff like that. And um, also regarding appearance. So you just mentioned how, you know, you noticed a likeness, which, again, you're when you're talking about a homogenous culture, um, in many cases, um, you you will see um, very common similar traits, you know, with everyone there, which is the black hair, the slanted eyes. Um, the skin tone is typically about the same, uh, especially because a lot of people do bleach their skin. Um, they're going for, they don't, uh, they're, they're not into the sun and tanning culture like we are, or like Brazilians are, or Europeans. Uh, they're into the, um, the bleach kind of, uh, you know, the whitening look. So that's, that's just culturally what they're into right now at this moment, this phase in there. Um, no. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could clear this up. Okay. I, um. So I'm deviating a little bit. Mm-hmm. I haven't been to Korea yet. Right. And I noticed that a lot of the the beauty standard was this very porcelain. Yes. Like it's not even. It's like the whitest. Yes. The white. It is. It's you. <laughs> like yeah. It's a. I, I don't know how to explain this particular hue of whiteness it's it's actually very much like vampire white like the twilight i mean i think yeah a lot of koreans are very into the twilight almost goth look um you know and yeah that's okay yeah that's Mm -hmm. a good way to explain it all right but i did because i'm a information junkie Mm -hmm. so when i did some information about it (laughs) or sorry research yes about it i thought that the 
sort of inspiration or the reason that they do it culturally mm-hmm. was like the byproduct of white supremacy. Mm-hmm. And it actually isn't. Yeah, I think it is a little. So let's not. Yeah, it is a little. <laughs> but go ahead. Okay. <laughs> because my findings were that like history mm-hmm. has always shown that they like this. Correct. This very pale And it could look. be because someone that had really really light skin mm-hmm. was rich enough mm-hmm. not to be out mm-hmm. where it's sort of like this and the sun right you know the beginning of time we've always been obsessed with rich people and rich people right pedestal. right mm-hmm. so whatever they were doing mm-hmm. was considered to be superior right so that also i feel like might be part of plays a part story. yes why folks are super and i didn't really see it with the men so much mm-hmm. but the women for sure yes um I, you know i remember being in um oh i can't i hate when i forget mm-hmm. stuff that i definitely you know what is the big um the big square in tokyo the crossing oh, shibuya what is it shibuya yeah shibuya mm-hmm mm-hmm Shibuya Crossing. Yes. Which is like, you know, almost like a wonder of the world. But anyway, yes, it is. And, I'm, and, and it is amazing. But anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I remember Stephanie and I were standing. Mm-hmm. We were probably taking a break because, you know, Tokyo could wear you out. <laughs> right. Asia can wear you <laughs> so, out, period. All them light, neon lights flashing and disco yes. balls. And <laughs> Thank God yeah. the, neither of us were epileptic, but. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot I remember on. this bus came by and it was this not it wasn't a bus it was like a truck that was like an advertising truck mm-hmm. that had like digital like like digital screens mm-hmm. and anyway I was able to surmise that mm-hmm. there must have been like some sort of I don't know if it was a strip club but a place where mm-hmm. men could go see women a gentleman's club yeah mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. and they had pictures of like the girls that work there mm-hmm. and they all had these like cartoonish yeah right sort of anime-ish anime-ish look mm-hmm. and again was just so like different perky mm-hmm. white. <laughs> right <laughs> yeah so that is yeah culturally what is in right now I mean it always changes um you know in the past I think uh, like plumper women have been super popular in the past. And then we, you know, these days, I think we've kind of gotten out of the thin trend. Um, and, you know, we've had like JLo and Beyonce with the more curvy, the curvy women, you know, uh, kind of getting attention or, you know, that being popular or, you know, women wanting butts now, which wasn't always the case. So, you know, these phases happen in cultures and all cultures. So, so yes, and-, and it's important to point out that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So it's not a monolith, right? Right. Correct. So talking about, you know, there's a huge cultural push for one particular thing, but they're also like countercultures. Yes, absolutely. Cultures. Yes. I saw you know people who clearly were trying to be like African. Mm-hmm. Right. Of African descent, right? Yeah, their braids and their skin. Mm-hmm. They had texture. They had put texture, right? Coily, coily texture. Mm-hmm. 
um, somehow. Right. <laughs> at the shop. At, yeah. I'm there are hair some, shops. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's important to point out that you are, you know, and I don't like to paint one place in one giant brush mm-hmm. or say one place is, you know, one way, mm-hmm. but you, what Eve and I are talking about or things that you will likely come in contact with mm-hmm. and which seems to kind of be sort of like a cultural standard mm-hmm. um, or you know uh, a large faction of society in a place yes. sort of follows a certain it's a status you know, quo it's a status quo exactly which some people you know abide to and, and a lot of people don't they're like I'm not doing that that's crazy or that doesn't look good to me, so they do something else. But the status quo, you know, these days is the very pale skin um, in all of Asia and especially South Korea. Uh, plastic surgery is forced upon you. I mean, literally, um, people are basically told, you know, from their parents to their friends, you know, everyone says, you know, even before you go on a job interview or if you're ready to get a job, you know, fix your face first, like go to the plastic surgeon and get your face fixed. So a lot of people do. Because again, culturally, that is kind of what is expected nowadays. So if you don't do it, it's kind of like, oh, well, you won't get a job. You won't get a boyfriend. You won't get a husband. You won't have a family. Like you won't succeed in this culture. So there's a big push for it. And, you know, I don't think we want to go into, you know, all the ins and outs of plastic surgery. But again, just know if you plan to live there, that will be a big part of your experience. You're going to, you know, walk and pass millions of billboards that are pushing you to get plastic surgery. So, I mean, I've, I've talked to a lot of people who can't handle it. It really bothers them. So, you know, and other people who, you know, they're just like, mm, well, that's their choice, you know, and it is. So it just, it really depends on what kind yeah. of person you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that... um there in, in certain places, well, it it matters, or mm-hmm. sort of beauty mm-hmm. can be a good investment, right? Mm-hmm. Or or you know, um, playing up to certain standards or ideals of mm-hmm. of maybe a local kind of beauty, mm-hmm. right? Um, can have benefits, right? And I did. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I shared this with you. I read a, it's like a BuzzFeed article. You, mm-hmm. know? you know, it wasn't, you know, something that was like super academic. Right. But, <laughs> but it was very fascinating. And it talked about, uh, I'll mention Korean Airlines again. Uh-huh. Um, it's very difficult. Oh, yeah. For young women, for young women mm-hmm. in Korea to be hired. Yes. Um, and it's all about the way you look. Absolutely. It's all it about how young you are. Mm-hmm. It's Unfortunately. all about how small you are. Mm-hmm. Correct. We didn't talk about body, but yes. And mm-hmm. they were saying that some of these young women mm-hmm. will interview nine, ten times. Yes, absolutely. I actually taught many of them. I taught them how to perfect their English skills so that they could get a job with an airline. That was almost one of the top Uh, jobs that my students, my older students were applying for. They wanted to be uh, stewardess or airline attendants. So yeah, I was actually preparing them for their job interviews. See, yeah, so they were um, stating how 
it's actually, you know, being, of course, being a stewardess is a cool opportunity, especially right. when you're young and you don't have anything tying you down. Mm-hmm. But this is one of the, I guess they implied that it was one of the few ways that young women are able to get a job that pays mm-hmm. pretty well. Yes. Pays very well and allows you to travel, which is a dream for people living in South Korea who do want to travel. I mean, most South Koreans want to leave the country and, you know, get out. Um, but, and you know, in, in many cases, they, they cannot. They get, a you know, an office job. They're kind of stuck at an office for and there there's really not a there's not a nine to five. There's a like seven, you know, seven a.m. to midnight. That's the schedule. Or if there's a project or something that has to be done, they're there overnight. You know, all these are very common schedules where there's nine to five doesn't really exist. I mean, I think they're trying to do better and phase that out. But in many cases, office workers, you know, work 80, 60, 80 plus hours per week. So, yeah, to, to have the opportunity to fly in the sky and fly away from all that is is a wonderful opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, that I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. And that also explain why it's such a coveted job. Right. So there are a host of reasons for why a young Korean woman mm-hmm. would want to apply for this kind of job and have this kind of experience. Right. But I found, and it wasn't so surprising, but they were like, if you're 27 or 28 and mm-hmm. you're applying, mm-hmm. hang it up. Right. <laughs> Get out. Don't even try. They're not yeah. going to hire you. Yeah, it's um, true. Um, if it you're, true. I think no one weighs under 130 pounds. Right. Yeah. Which I'm thinking about the crew I saw. Mm-hmm. Right. That's Sounds about right. Yeah, it's true. So, yeah, as, you know, as we... they also mentioned mm-hmm. that they spend money on plastic surgery. Yes, for sure. And they talked about how easy mm-hmm. and accessible getting work done. Yes. So, eyelid surgery is number one, and it's probably like I don't know how much it is. Don't get me lying on here again, but you know, maybe like one to five grand. I'm not sure. Um, but it's, it's not very expensive, um, from their point of view, because it's a life altering surgery and their opinion and their mind, they think you get your double eyelid, you get your jaws brought in, you know, you change your nose a little bit and boom, you know, your life changes. That is how it's looked upon. Again, not all Koreans, but in general, that is the consensus. So, yeah, no, it, it, for sure. And again, body weight, too, um, since we're talking about appearance. Um, and in most cases, you know, you have the push for thinness, like you mentioned, the, the weight uh, requirement or restrictions. It's the same, you know, all over in, in every area of life. You're pretty much expected to, you know, be a certain size. And that size is very small. <laughs> so, so for people who aren't tiny, tiny people you know, they may feel, again, discriminated against uh, because maybe they won't get hired or they may just feel kind of outcasted in a culture and a society that pushes for this, you know, certain look and this certain appearance uh, that maybe they don't even want to attain. I mean, you know, I personally like, I'm a bigger person and I I like being a bigger person. Um, So, you know, 
just because a society wants to push you in that direction doesn't mean you actually want it. So it's kind of like, um, I don't want to be thin. Actually. Sure. <laughs> well, so. and I don't know if you agree with mm-hmm. this, but in a lot of one cool thing that I like about culture in the U.S. is mm-hmm. that there's a certain degree. Of course, we have our BS too. Mm-hmm. Right. But there, there's a certain degree of freedom. Yeah, right. For that sure. we allow people to have when it comes to the way that they look or right. their size. You know, there's there are all these movements, mm-hmm. right, that happen concurrently right. that are challenging traditional ideals and standards of you know thinking or whatever the case may be. Right. That's one thing that I like about. Uh, the culture here in the states, mm-hmm. but I know in in a lot of places abroad, nobody really wants to be different. Yeah, correct. Absolutely, that is correct. Um, and, there's actually a Japanese saying, and I'm not going to screw it up, but basically it says, you know, the nail that that pops out is going to get hammered in. Like you can't stick out is basically what mm-hmm. it's saying. You cannot because you will be outcasted. You will. I mean, it's unfortunate. Um, you can fight it and you can, um, you know, try to change it. And, you know, I think change is always good, but just know that you're up against a very strict culture when it comes to, you know, this is how it should be. And this is how it will be in our culture. So, yeah. But yeah. The, so being expressive and, you know, um, changing your hair color and all of these things, these are forms of expression, you know, <laughs> And unfortunately, um, it's really not allowed, especially when you're younger. Like, you know, if a, a young lady or a man wants to dye his or her hair, it's not allowed. You can't you can't do it, actually. Your hair has to remain black. So um, I think, you know, at different schools, it may be different. But for, in, for the most part, you have to keep your hair at a certain length. You have to keep it cut and you have to keep it black. That That's like kind of the requirement. So that in and of itself is pretty restrictive, you know. Sure, sure. And it, it, you know, there's when we're talking about um, something being or a place being homogenous. Right. That's sort of another layer mm-hmm. to to how the ways that mm-hmm. it can be homogenous. Yeah, right. That expectation to fit in. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. it would that but that BuzzFeed article. I'll forward it to you. Okay. Yeah. Sounds uh, good. It did a pretty good job laying out, you know, things that are a part of the culture there. Mm-hmm. It revealed a lot about the culture. Of course, it told you about, you know, the job and all that. But right. I the purpose of the article was to highlight the way the, the culture is as it pertains to beauty mm-hmm. and beauty standards and and also, it's kind of rehashes this debate about whether or not beauty in a traditional sense is a good investment. And mm-hmm. maybe these young women mm-hmm. would argue that it is. Yeah, right. And I, I would I would like to mention not just women, but men. Men also get plastic surgery in Korea. Men wear makeup. Uh, men also use bleaching creams, and uh, so I would say for for both, actually, for both genders, for men and women, they both, you know, are fighting for a certain look, 
and they're they're wanting to look you know what what in their mind is is beautiful or and or attractive um they want to have the kind of model model look the model-esque look and because they they do really think and believe and are taught that that is what is going to get them the job you know in addition to um skill set and learning english and all of these things basically once again um the perfection is pushed perfection is pushed there and i think um I don't know if I mentioned it in the last segment, but, you know, Korea is always at the top of the suicide list um, because of that. That's another kind of downfall of the the push, the push for perfection. Um, so, I mean, the good thing is that you have a lot of people who do take education seriously. Um, they do care about how they look. They do care about their appearance. But unfortunately, in my opinion, it's pushed a little too far. The bar is, is, is pushed a little too far and it's set too high. Um, in certain cases, and for people who don't feel like they fit in, uh, they'd rather just kill themselves and just say, you know what, I'm out. Y'all can have this. It's ridiculous. Uh, we just recently had a, a, another recent uh, celebrity uh, who who died who who died from suicide. It's very common um, for uh, celebrities to kill themselves instead of, um, you know, if if again if there are rumors and you know things pressure the what is it called netizens you know these people who attack everyone online, mm. um, you know to to be honest in all honesty you know in Korean culture uh, they'd rather what you know what they call save face and just peace out just like okay well y'all got it never mind I'm out I'm done <laughs> so how horrible yeah it is horrible it's terrible um, that's, that's a horrible. It is. But again, that's another part of the culture. So again, back to if you would like to teach there, these are all the things you need to and you will become aware of. I mean, as a teacher, I had to be aware of students who would make comments that were suicidal and I would pull them aside and talk to them and bring them to the director and say, hey, this person made this comment in my class. I'm concerned. Please call the parents. Let's have a meeting. I mean, I was on watch uh, for my students, especially teenage students, um, teenage students and adults who made comments that sounded to me like they were suicidal or even wrote things that sounded suicidal. So, Wow. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so this is one of the, the dark components mm-hmm. of, of Korean culture and mm-hmm. South Korean culture, rather, mm-hmm. that uh, you will likely encounter encounter yeah in some way or another if you're there mm-hmm. particularly to work uh, right in, in, in sort of the same context that eve did which was right people teaching them english and, mm-hmm. and, and if you and i'm sure that you'll agree that there's a tremendous amount of pressure mm-hmm. applied to these young folks to be able to learn english right correct because it's such a necessary tool mm-hmm for them to be able to procure work. Yes, to succeed and to do well. Mm-hmm. So there's a, I'm sure that you had to deal with a lot of anxiety mm-hmm. and stress being projected onto you in a very different, in very different ways. Yeah, very different ways, I would say, because I, I think actually the suicide rate is increasing in the USA as we have our own little issues here. Um, but in South Korea, it's it's a little different, again, because of especially the schedule. So where a child is at school all day, you know, and then has to go to an academy at night. 
So there's not much time for the children to be chill to play and to have fun and just kind of have relaxed time. Um, it's just, just not as common as it is here in the U.S. So, yeah, very different environment, very different teaching environment. So, mm-hmm. mm. well, <laughs> in in uh, conclusion, yeah, I don't want to end on that note. <laughs> Can we end on another note? <laughs> yeah, let's get on another. That's what that's what, oh, that's what I'm going. Yes, I want to so, end on. Please, I have the I have a positive note to end on. So let's hear it. Yes. So even though, you know, all of these things go on and do happen, um, I want to say that and encourage everyone to, you know, who would be interested in living in South Korea to definitely do it. Um, because just like the USA, we have our bad things, too. You know, every every country and culture does. Um, but I want to end by saying my last job that I had in South Korea was amazing. Um I only worked four to six hours and I didn't, I didn't even work every day. Uh, it was just on certain days <laughs> and I got a full-time salary of 2.5. I had mentioned this job in the last segment and I was like, Oh my God, I didn't talk about this great job that I had. So I want to just talk a little bit about this last job that I had. It was my last job in South Korea. So I ended in South Korea on a banging note. <laughs> Banging. So yeah, banging. <laughs> no house. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Right. Um, so my salary was two point five, and in South Korea it would be two point five million. That sounds good, right? Two point five million won, though. So it was two thousand five hundred dollars um, per month. And once again, my housing was paid for, so I didn't have to. I uh, didn't have a mortgage. Um, my, you know, insurance and all of these things were paid for. I got bonuses. Um, I got pension. So all of these perks and, um, and I taught older students, um, middle school and high school students, which was awesome because the high when I had high school classes, the high school students had a lot of testing going on when I was working there. They have a lot of testing going on just period. But when I was working there, um, my boss, would tell me the days that I did not have to work. I mean, it would be like two or three days in a row, like, oh, you're not working because the the high school students are, it's called holding. The high school students are holding, which means they are preparing for tests at school. So they don't need to come to the academy, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, my point is you can get a fabulous job. <laughs> You can have a fabulous time. You can get paid a lot. You can get bonuses. You can get pension. You can get all these benefits and perks. You can travel. You can meet great people. Um, yeah, so you can have fun and live it up is what I'm saying. Even though there are some things that are dark, there are a lot of wonderful positives as well. And you will learn and grow as a person, which is also awesome. And I think that's the most important yeah. thing about these kind of experiences. These yes. Of, these these um cultural intercultural experiences yes um that you that are available mm-hmm. yes on that that's interested i mean you have we're, we're talking completely about eve's teaching experience in south korea mm-hmm. but they're definitely study abroad programs yeah right there are other opportunities and options study abroad exactly Absolutely. study abroad programs where mm-hmm. you can actually and listen to this people Mm-hmm. You use 
the, the way that these programs work mm -hmm. is that your money that you would pay for tuition mm -hmm. at your school here in the States mm -hmm. would be transferred to a school that would host the program. Right. And you wouldn't have to pay in many instances mm -hmm. um, much more for your education. So there are going to be some travel costs, obviously. Right. Um, but the the I think there's a misconception as it pertains to study abroad that it's this financially prohibitive thing. Right. Correct. Um, but I encourage people that are interested mm -hmm. to research. Yeah, research. Get get all the information and talk to other people who have done it. That's the biggest thing, too. Um, just like I've actually done this so I can walk you through step by step and answer all of your questions that you may have on how to do this. Yeah. If you want this to be a career path for you, it's absolutely possible. If you have a degree, a, a bachelor's degree from really any four year program, I happen to have uh, English and print journal. I had a double major English and print journalism. So I was in my degree program as an English teacher. But you don't have to have an English degree to teach in South Korea. So if you have a degree and you're like, you know what? Eh, I want to try teaching in South Korea. You can. You, you can go for it. So um, you will likely need to get a, a TESOL uh, certification. Um, you really don't have to, you know, but it would be helpful. Um, but if you, again, have the passion and desire and interest absolutely do your research and see if this could possibly be a career path for you because it's it's an amazing path and you'll be such a better person i can yes I, yes I've had... honestly i wish everyone could go like teach in south korea for a year at least a year just go do it for a year and learn about another culture about yourself <laughs> and you know everything else there is to learn teach and learn teachers are learners Oh, yeah. Most first and foremost. Mm -hmm. Well, Eve, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this thing on up. And again, I appreciate you uh, giving us this second podcast. And yeah, thank you. Thank you for you having me. Us about all these subtopics as it pertains yeah. to your experience in South Korea and South Korea in general. So uh, yeah, we, cool of course, stuff. we'll have you back at some other point. Yay. Sounds good. Can't can wait talk about another subject and again yeah, you know real estate the project <laughs> that uh is on the horizon uh so there's gonna be another podcast everybody but okay. we'll talk about those details at another date but okay. is there anything else you wanted to say how can people find you again if people want to find you they're okay. inspired by this conversation and they yeah. want to take the next step Okay, yeah, they can contact me um, on Facebook, Eve Kim, E-V-E-K-I-M, super easy. And then on Instagram, it's Eve, E-V-E, D as in dog, realtor, so it's at, sorry, the at symbol, Eve, D, Kim, K-I-M, realtor, realtor, not realtor, realtor, <laughs> R-E-A-L-T-O-R. <laughs> Yeah, they can find me on Instagram that way. You're not going to find her at Realtor. You're you not going to find me at Realtor. I won't be there. <laughs> <laughs> well, please uh, tell Matt I said hello. Matt. Oh, okay, will do. I'm young. I will tell him you said I'm young. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Stephanie from the airport. Uh, okay.
And tell Stephanie hello. Love you guys. I will. And we, you know, I'm going to have to, because, you know, she's an epidemiologist. Uh-huh. I have to have her maybe do a little segment about. Uh, what she does. This, this virus. Yes. Yes. For sure. Please do. Yes. I that, demand it. Yes. You two need to do that. Like tonight. For real. I think so. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to get her great. to do it tonight, but. Uh, we'll but soon. Yes. This is quite a timely topic. It is. That sounds great. All right. So to all the followers, I thank you once again for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate the support. Uh, It means so much. And I'll go ahead and sign off. All right. Bye. Talk to you later. Bye. Annyeong.